All right, we got a jam-packed episode coming up for you today. Still buzzing off of that come-from-behind victory, the rookie charge over the Toronto Raptors. We go ahead and talk a little bit more about Kevin Durant and the value that he brings to a young team like that out on the court, and then tap into another rookie in Dayron Sharp, young player, obviously on the rise in Nicholas Claxton, Cam Thomas's performance. We're just going to really take away as much as we can from that sample size and then look ahead knowing that the Brooklyn Nets are going to be a limited roster for the foreseeable future, what positives can we carry over as we look at that very difficult matchup in Philadelphia? Yeah, that's the key. Like This this team that we got really excited about um, against the Toronto Raptors, <laughs> this is going to kind of be the team here for, for a little bit. And I think that probably, you know, we pumped the brakes for a second, but also look at a lot of the positives around some of these young guys, what to expect. Uh, this is a fun one because you get to talk a little bit more in detail against that, about that awesome win over the Raptors. We're going to get into it all, but first, the theme music. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. Welcome back to the Locked On Nets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. I am at Adam Armbrecht covering the New York football giants on the One Giant Podcast with my boy Andy Mack. And over there is at Doug Norrie, Blue Check certified, owner-operator, DFSR, for all your daily fantasy sports rankings, FanDuel, DraftKings. If you need your daily projections, that's the place you're going to want to go. And of course, we thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We're free on all the platforms and appreciate all the support that you give us. And remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for the apps that you no longer want. And it can even negotiate better prices on those that you want to keep. Sir, how are we on a Thursday ahead of uh, what will be another shorthanded matchup with the Philadelphia 76ers for the Brooklyn Nets? But still. If it's me, uh, I'm really feeling the vibes and energy of coming off of of that win. It's still I still get to feel good about what the Brooklyn Nets did in that last matchup, taking care of the Toronto Raptors. Uh, I was buzzing like most of the night, even after we got done. We podcasted right after the game. I was still feeling like very excited about what happened that game, all the narratives that came out of it, the way the players talked, the post game stuff about like you know not wanting to like knowing Katie talked about like having the idea that they could have punted the game and just chose not to. And like the unbelievable amount of pride that came through just in the post-game press conference stuff from those players. And rightfully so that like, that's a very, that's a like sort of hang your hat on a game because they had every right to just lose. (laughs) No one would have blamed them for it. No one would have said anything about it. Cause like when you start rookies that have never played and all of a sudden rookies are playing 40 minutes and you play against a mostly full-strength Toronto team who has good personnel and a great coach and all this stuff, Eat like there's there's so many ways you could have just couched the loss, and you could just see that the fact that they didn't, it's not like a turning point of the season or anything, but it is, it was a, ga- I thought galvanizing is probably the word. It's like It was like this galvanizing moment for the team, and especially around these rookies who played so far above their weight that I, it's like actually kind of hard to fathom. And it was sort of a national story. If you did some rounds around some of the other yeah. um, just sort of uh, voices in, in sort of the NBA ecosystem, plenty of like Kessler Edwards, I heard mentioned 
on national stuff today in passing, but still the dude was in the G league two minutes ago. <laughs> Big part of the package on, on ESPN sports center highlights. They were highlighting that he was knocking down outside shots and mentioning him by name for sure. So it, it, yeah. it definitely carried. And uh, to your point, cause we're going to get into a couple extra players that we didn't get to touch on it, it coming out of that game. And then, get a sense of, of what we think can carry over in the big picture here for some of these young players. But I, I loved Kevin Durant in the post game. I mean, we, we said this before about him. He loves to play basketball, but that idea, they asked him about his ankle. He said, I felt good in the morning. I, I pretty much knew I was going to play. So there wasn't a lot of doubt around that. And the sense of me being out there, obviously meant we had enough players to get out there and actually play the game. And the opportunity, like he said, the opportunity to play with these young guys and, and see them get rewarded for the hard work you put in. Cause the thing that, that we don't talk about, it, most people don't talk about on a daily basis, is what's going on at practice, right? Well, these guys have been up and down, like you said, Kessler Edwards, Dave Ron Sharp, David Duke Jr., you know, even Cam Thomas. They've been up and down from the G League. Some of them are now permanently here, but they've been around the starters in Brooklyn. They've had practice sessions with them. So if you're Kevin Durant, you see these young guys and see that they are capable of something, and it's great to see them get rewarded. So it's like he he came across as excited about that game as Kessler Edwards did to get his first career double double. For sure. And that's why he's a great leader. And I kind of actually thought like I kind of sat for a little while longer last night and thought about Durant and thought about just how and I think we mentioned on the podcast and I but I can't totally remember now because I was just like, you know, on cloud nine and just kind of out of my black blacked out for the entire podcast and just in excitement, but just the amount of leadership this guy exudes and he's just never really been thought of as a leader, right? Like he, you don't think of Kevin Durant as, cause he's not like, he's not rah, rah. He's not a guy that, you know, he's that, you know, heavy clapping and getting like pulling guys into the huddle, but he's not that kind of leader. And, and, but leaders come in all different shapes and sizes, obviously. And his version of it is almost, bringing like an enthusiasm around the game that probably is very similar to what he had when he was like at Texas basically or younger, yeah. right? Like, I don't think that that enthusiasm and drive is still there and the sort of the drive to want other players to be better without belittling them. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like if you think back to like the last dance stuff, like when you, with Jordan and how like, you know, with Ron Harper and these other guys. And he basically was like, well, the way I'm going to build you up is to absolutely just cut your legs out <laughs> constantly. And it's just like, well, that's an odd approach, but okay. Um, I'm going to tear you and, down. And then if you build yourself back up, kudos to you, good sir. But either way. Yeah. Well then, and then you're like, you have equal standing with me because you were able to withstand the uh, duress, you know, right? Like <laughs> right. I, that doesn't make any sense. And, and, and by the way, that can just work. I, there's situations where that works. So whatever, but Durant doesn't have that. His is kind of this, nurturing slash I'll get tough on you when you need to, but have confidence. It's, it's actually like a have confidence in yourself, kid. Like go mm -hmm. like, Hey, you made it to the NBA. You are in the NBA. Now go have some confidence. You didn't make it here by accident. Cam Thomas, shoot the ball, right? Like that's mm -hmm. Edwards, go shoot the ball. Like this is like, this is why you're here. And I think that stuff really, really matters. And I actually don't think he gets enough credit for it in like larger circles because it doesn't come across as leadership, but it so clearly is. Yeah, and you can see that evolution too, right? Players players evolve over time. And if you're Kevin Durant, I, I would assume that the time away from the game, we, we've referenced to this as well, his time away from the game, maybe he started to appreciate that interaction even more than he had as far as helping younger players get better and helping them evolve and, and knowing that he can make, especially, listen, when you're on a team and you need these guys to do well, it's only going to benefit you if you help them get to a better place, whether it's right, through playing right. against them in practice or just coaching them up, so to speak, when you're on the court. So uh, it, it only makes sense that off the top of the show, we still do find ourselves glowing also about Kevin Durant.
who had a triple-double in that game. But there were some more rookies that we wanted to get into, and I'll throw young players as well, Nicholas Claxton. We didn't touch on, we mentioned him in passing, Dayron Sharp, because he didn't. He, he played fairly insignificant minutes. However, inside of those minutes, I think you know this is a product of, of the way the game is going and where you're going to get value. So it's the same thing. We're going to get to Cam Thomas too. Having an off-shooting night, so he's not going to be able to help you get that lift. And then Patty Mills comes in and seems like the right move by Steve Nash. But Dayron Sharp, I, I just thought only 13 minutes, makes his three field goals, uh, struggles at the line, but seven overall rebounds. I mean, if you want to yeah. look at this roster from the standpoint of needing an energy boost, needing a guy that you can just go out there and clearly has a nose for rebounds, you give me seven over 13, you're showing me that you at least have this function, and that's not insignificant for this Brooklyn Nets roster. Yeah, this is been sometimes a point of contention around Nets, uh, folks, is that the rebounding numbers are, aren't always where you want to be. Opponent second-chance points for a long time. That's gotten a little bit better, I think. But for the most part, opponent second-chance points was always a problem for the Nets because of overall size. I think some of it was stylistic and a choice they've made uh, to just not really sell out for, you know, sell out for um, – defensive rebounding purposes but like the um the the part where he's able to and like definitely has this skill we've we saw early you know moments of this already like we kind of knew this was in his bag this high energy does have a nose for the ball his size is pretty good he has a sense of like the boxing out is good and like just the overall where to be um idea around mm -hmm. um offensive rebounding and defensive rebounding is a part of his skill set and it's clearly part of it's probably, I mean, we haven't seen much of him, but it's probably his best skill and, or at least, or his most NBA ready skill right now. Okay. Yeah. So I would put it that way. Right. And so I still think that it's like so raw. You don't like to be a, a big man in the NBA, to be like just a, a prototypical center, to play a lot of minutes at this point, you have to be so good at pretty much like your defense needs to be so good and elite on like the switching end. And you probably have to be at least a functional around the basket lob threat with athleticism. Yep. And if you're not all of that stuff, like it's re it is really hard to find minutes in the NBA. So while I think I was really encouraged by what we saw from him, I, I mean, were you in any way surprised? I wasn't surprised by it at all. Like it was, no. I think that's, I think that's what we know he is. I think just, I think just the problem is that skill set, if that's it, is great in is great in spurts and that's kind of where it ends. So happy to have him. I think it probably gets better from here, but I'm not, I'm like not shocked that that was all, all even with a seven and seven and 13 minutes. I'm not shocked that it was only 13 minutes in a game like this. No, because to your point, right there, your other players are going to function just as effectively on the offensive end. You feel more confident in certain players. We mentioned Kessler Edwards so much. His rebounding was a big part of the success in that win as well. So when you see it coming from other places, you just you want to have as many bodies out there that can function in as many phases as possible. And we know that's not where Daron Sharp is yet. I think as we've hoped on other other players over time that come in at the five so-called five position, the shooting. You have to start to show some other type of range or, as we've said with Nicholas Claxton, you know, show that you can be exponentially versatile on the defensive end where all of a sudden that value expands a little bit. And that's also a guy that we lump into this group. Although, but this guy does well, fall in the same category because go ahead. Well, yeah, like I actually have one more point about him, about um, about Dayron and his minutes and stuff, too, um, because I think there's actually something whenever we're crying to not us, but like whenever anyone's crying to have more minutes out of some of these guys. 
um, there's usually a pretty functional reason why it's it might not always come, even though it looks good in these spurts. Uh, we'll get to that one second. First, you've been hearing us talk about prize picks. If you're into daily fantasy, we mentioned daily fantasy at the beginning of the podcast. You know, if you're on some of these big operators, it's salaries. It's you're up against pros. Like you're trying to figure out how to get enough lineups in. Don't worry about that anymore. Go to prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. If you haven't checked it out, you're just completely missing out. It's for the fan just like you. And prize picks is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. They have more props than anybody else when it comes to NBA. Um, and forget it, like they blow away these other DFS operators when it comes to the prop. Uh, pick stuff you can get up into the superstar players if you want for the props or you can go down to the bench players if you're a big fan of the nba you have to be over there you can really take advantage um any prop you can think of points assists rebounds threes made all this uh, basically every every player and every prop that you can think of is up there on prize picks take advantage all you have to do right now you go there you deposit over on prize picks they're gonna 100 percent instant match it up to a hundred dollars but you have to use the promo code nba Pick two to five players and the over-unders and their projections. You can win up to 10x. It's 10 times, folks, on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not up against these other sharks in the water on these other sites. Prize picks has really made it easy. Mix you can mix up the sports too. You know, you can do a little NFL, a little NBA kind of pile it all together. They make it super simple. Interface is about as easy as it is to use. Go to prizepicks.com today. Use the promo code NBA. Go to your app store and download the app prize picks daily fantasy made easy easy if you're not playing prize picks you honestly don't know what you're missing uh bonus point on dayron sharp before we get into a little bit of uh nicholas claxton okay so real quick about him so where the minutes are recognize this about how nba minutes are structured around especially specifically around bigs all you have to figure out with why he doesn't play bigger minutes, even if you saw spurts of really, really good stretches, is that you can never play two of these guys together. Like you can play multiple wings together or multiple guards together because the play is versatile enough that they can do different things, score, defend, right? Like they can add, um, they can add enough. But once you get the further ends, like you know, there's a reason why NBA positions go one through five, right? There's a reason why it's harder to play lots of ones together like more than <laughs> or lots of fives together right, right. like it doesn't it, just, it do, the math doesn't work like the, as, for, as if you think of one through five as a, as a curve um like you can't pile too much either at one end or the other because and that's why the nba has become all about wings like you could play pretty you can have five kevin durants on your team and win the championship right like the, the, it'll work out but but you might not be able to have five Jokic's. Right. Like, so mm-hmm. like there's it, because there's I'm just kind of making that up. But like there's a reason why as, as you get further out in terms of difference in skill sets, you can't do it together. So with Sharp is maybe he would be functional, but he simply cannot play with any of these other guys. Like he cannot be on the court with Clax in the same time. Aldridge, right. Blake, Nate, like all these guys that are already playing minutes. He cannot share the court with them like these other guys can sometimes mix and match. And sometimes it's just that easy to see why these guys don't get uh, a lot of minutes. And that's why it's going to be tough for him. Like he needs like a situation like this where literally everyone's out and then he yeah. can get his third and then he can only get 13 because he still cannot share the court with those guys. Right. So right. They, you, that, can't, and th- you can't run Claxton and, and, and Sharp out there together and say, so what we're going to do is not shoot from anywhere and specifically only exactly. function in and around the rim. Yeah. So they're just going to stand in the same spot. Like they're going to stand in the same spot and it's going to be a disaster. So anyway, I just want to like really try to, if for those that didn't understand about why he can't get minutes, sometimes it's not a function as much of his skill as that. It's just his skill overlaps with too many other guys that are also kind of just as good. And that's going to prohibit him from playing. 
I have an interesting, yeah, I'll, maybe we'll get to it today or I'll save it for the end of the week, maybe on a mailbag episode as far as uh, what could lie ahead for the Brooklyn Nets and these functional players inside of the rotations. We want to get to Nicholas Claxton. I'm going to I'm gonna bookend inside of. Dayron Sharp had a bit of a, I'll call it an altercation uh, with Boucher in this one where it looked like he was trying to, Boucher that is, pump up his own team after a uh, offensive foul call going the other way and has a guttural scream in Dayron Sharp's face. I couple that with uh, Trent Jr. being unwilling to release the basketball when Nicholas Claxton had it out and, uh, above the break. And it just, in both scenarios, by the way, because you're only playing with eight guys, I thought, tip of the hat to Dayron Sharp. Dude, dude screamed in your face. At the very least, you might just give him a little nudge like, hey, get out of my my personal space. And instead, Dayron just kind of had a look of humor and also slight confusion. Claxton, on the other hand, we've seen this a couple of times with him. I think that yeah. as he gets his legs underneath him here, He's also trying to establish a little bit that he's not the biggest guy. We all know that, but he, he, he's been trying to establish you're not pushing me around. I may not be the biggest guy yeah. in the world, but I'm not backing down from these. I know Trent is maybe the ideal matchup for an altercation like that, but there does seem a little bit of chippiness that comes with confidence for Nicholas Claxton. Yeah, for sure. I think that he I think that he's probably made his peace with the idea that his role now is defensive stopper. And every once in a while, catch a lob or grab an offensive rebound. Like that's what his, at least his current NBA game is. But when you're a defensive stopper, I think so much of that is like sort of confidence and attitude that it's like easy to carry it over into this other stuff. Cause it means a lot of physicality. It means being put on the Island a lot. Like it is actually in some ways, very singular in the way that his game is is presented to everybody else. Like how often do you think about him getting switched onto a smaller guard and you see those hands up and he's awesome at it. Like watch him next time that he gets switched out onto the perimeter on these guys. The one hand of the, the right, uh, excuse me. Yeah. The right hand is usually very high up in the air and the left hand is down to like make it look like a soccer goalie. It's like, wow, that goal looked really big. But now that he has hands out, actually there's no place for me to put the ball. Right. Like, and he's got that angled what... stance too, where he's, you know, yes. he's, he's clearly preparing himself for if you're going to shift, if you're going to go, I, I'm in a position to do both things here because of my length. Yeah. So he's making it. So he's making the court look a lot smaller now. Right. Like, and so, and that's part of his, like I, what it seems to be, to be his core or a be, the beginning of like how he uh, takes things defensively. Anyway. Yeah. No, I've, we've, I've, it's been easy to see like that little bit of attitude, like that little bit of, like you call it chippiness. I, I think that's great. I think they need this kind of stuff. It's not blue collar. Cause I don't think it's like that. I think it's like this. Hey, so much of me being a lockdown defender that he clearly wants to be. He said it. He's like, I'm out there to get switched onto and to shut these guards down. Like he wants to be part of that, but that's so that's as much attitude sometimes as much as it is like the, like the, it's the buy-in around doing it. And I think it means, it, it means a, an attitude adjustment that is going to carry over into off ball situations and, or like dead ball situations. And I think it's totally fine. Um, did he get teed up? Not last no, no, game, uh, two um... games ago. Oh, I don't know. You know what? I have to go back and check to see. As I say, this past game, both these guys kept their heads cool. And it was the, the I think, on the screen from Boucher that you ended up catching a tee there. And Kevin Durant went and picked up that extra bucket there. So, again, it was, you know, smart play from a couple of young guys. The the that That's the bulk of the praise that you put on Nicholas Claxton. What he's showing you on the defensive end and the attitude that he's bringing. The little silver, if you want to just throw in a little offensive silver lining. There was a transition play when Kevin Durant is coming yes. down and he puts that ball out in front of Claxton yep. where I had flashes of, of Jared Allen in that spot of so many young bigs that we've had on the net. So you go, I ain't getting that one. And it almost was like you assume for so many players, the instincts took over. There was nothing for Claxton to do but to reach out, grab it, take a bounce and go right up and through with a flush on that. And that was that 
if you want to talk about he's evolving and getting better on the defensive end, that's something that he wouldn't have come anywhere near going back to last season. So, I mean, it was a beautiful play. And in a lot of ways, I give credit to Nicholas Claxton. And I do also, top of the show, right? I give credit to Kevin Durant for basically being like, here's the pass that you have to go with. There is no gather that ball and go yep. up, an area that Claxton still struggles with when he's flat-footed in and around the basket. In transition, full motion. That was a really beautiful play, and great that Claxton got that one to go through. Yeah, good job remembering that. I had made a note about that last night, and we never got to it and just never rechecked it. Like, that was, that moment was, like, the fluidity around it was really um, encouraging. Because too often with Claxton, we've seen this hesitancy, um, like sometimes the short roll stuff doesn't, he doesn't make reads quick enough. Um, The around the basket stuff, there's just not enough burst on offensive rebounds. Like it's it's too easy for defenders to kind of like take it away from him. Like we see this, we've seen this a decent amount where it's like offensive rebound should feel like an easy put back has all of a sudden gotten harder now. Like it doesn't go up the ferocity. He's not a big guy. So it's, it's always going to be a little harder for him. He's really, really slight. Um, So that stuff, but yeah, no great call on a, on that, on that transition play, because right when there's the, when the thought is taken out of it, it's not like the dude's athletic as it as it comes. Like it's not the, the athletic. It's not no problem with the athleticism here. It's right. like sometimes the it is actually I think sometimes this like his actually base skills are not very refined. Like he's just not like he's still pretty raw when it comes yeah. to like actually having the basketball. So it's really nice to see that from him. And obviously, hopefully, again, the long season, he can continue to develop that a little bit as well. Want to touch on Cam Thomas briefly in his game and then get into what are the takeaways that we can carry over from this game and, and probably get a, another very quick sample size against the Philadelphia 76ers where the Nets are going to be shorthanded once again. But first, God of, of course, thank you for making you. Nope, that's not going to do it. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We want to listen to you when you give us feedback. We're free on all the platforms, and we appreciate the support. And that this episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and eliminate the subscriptions that you don't want and want to stop paying for. They have a concierge service that will even negotiate better rates on the apps that you do want to keep. On average, you can save up to $720 a year with Truebill. They listen, descriptions come and go. Doug was addicted to satellite radio. He wouldn't, he could not get away from it even after he forgot that it existed. I've had multiple subscriptions to the same services like Netflix, etc. All of a sudden, I find myself getting money back into my pocket. Don't fall for the subscription scam. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now to truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash Locked on NBA. So Cam Thomas now, and this is going to be a brief one before we, we get into kind of what we hope we can get in another sample size here against the 76ers. Cam Thomas has an off shooting night. We don't see him late. Patty Mills does all the heavy lifting uh, from a scoring perspective in support of Kevin Durant and these other rookies. You can say that I'm going silver lining here, but this was the first time that we got an opportunity to see Cam Thomas in a position without James Harden on the court and being as shorthand as they were. David Duke Jr. is not going to be a, a big facilitator. That's he's His hat is hung on the defensive end, at least initially in his NBA career, to try to be in a more pure point guard role. Picks up three assists over 22 minutes. I, I, I liked, I did like it, and I'm not saying that, it, I'm not saying that I, I, I would give it an A-plus grade, but I like that when he kind of knew that that was going to be something he had to do a bit more of. Maybe it cost his ability to focus on scoring, but it looked like he was comfortable, willing to do it, looking to make the right passes. And there was some 
some growth there as well. And this is just me looking at it and saying he's only played a handful of games so far. We do want to see this piece of it because I think that helps expand what his value can be for the Nets going forward. Yeah, um, if I think that probably the expectation for him, at least with this one, was a lot higher, both for himself and like the yep. team. Like I think that the I think clearly the idea here was that he was not going to play just twenty two minutes. Um, mm-hmm. That was uh, I don't I don't think that's like not a hot take or anything. Like I don't I think the the idea was gonna, that he probably was going to be playing thirty minutes and maybe even closing because they were going to need his scoring like that. I think that. That was probably the initial plan. I like that they're pushing him outside of a comfort zone because clearly his comfort zone is to get the ball and shoot, and that's basically it. Like we saw this in summer league, we've seen this kind of all along the way. Um, he is not really at any stop so far that I've seen um, had it as part of his operating um, mode to pass the ball to people. <laughs> right? It's like find open spots, find your shot, make the shot, and you know have it go in. Um, and so to be a really good. Um, all around player, he is going to need to be able to do this stuff going forward. Like it's all good now. It's all fine. Now, like have a role, be a microwave scorer, fine, you know, be, come in and shoot the lights out of times. And we'll live with, we'll live with the streakiness. Cause that's just what's going to happen. But if he wants to maintain like a long NBA career, he is going to need to do more than that. Like there's very few guys that have maintained long NBA careers that only can come in off the bench and score. There's like three guys. <laughs> it's like Lou. It's like Lou Williams, Lou Crawford. Williams, and then like you know, and Jamal Crawford. You know, like Jordan, because even guys like Jordan Clarkson and stuff like have gotten better about this, right? Like they can do more in the offense, and so um, he's just going to like Dennis Schroeder. Like we saw hit for him. Like you know, he kind of transitioned into a six man role, but he can just he has a little more function when it comes to just overall NBA stuff. Like. There's all to say, yes, like I'm glad they kind of it's only going to take situations like this to push him out of that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. It didn't really work. And it was clear that they needed to go a different direction here because it just wasn't kind of happening. I think that was a fine move by Nash, too. I, I did. There was a moment. I don't know if you noticed this. There was a moment during one of the Nets runs in the fourth quarter where I think it was Patty Mills had just hit a three and everyone's going nuts. Mm-hmm. And they, they and they take it to that little mini bench mob that they had. And Harris is kind of going crazy. And I hate, I hate the like body language thing, but Cam was just kind of standing there. And I was wondering actually if he was feeling like, and maybe it's just like a trick of the camera and whatever. Like, but I, but it was interesting to me that he did my moment or not even my moment, but like, he just knew he didn't play well. Like, it's like, I don't think he's like, I don't think it's like, he just knows like, he just know he didn't play very well last night. So, um, no big deal. Maybe I just call it like the one camera shot of it. And then maybe he was going nuts the rest of the time. So fine. But it's, but I, I caught it because I was like, oh, this is interesting because he clearly probably walked into that game like, hey, I'm playing 30 minutes and I'm going to jack up a lot of shots and this is going to be great. And it just and it simply it just didn't happen. And I'd be bummed, too. Like, I, I get it. Like, it's um, and, that's what I was going to so, say. Yeah, was, it's OK. Yeah. You actually you understand it and good. Be bummed because you you should have been doing more. So let's carry this over. You've had a somewhat slow upbring here into the NBA level. There's been a lot of hype, the positive relationship with Kevin Durant and, and take, take a little lump where you didn't get to do as much as you wanted to. And now let's see you fire back because by the way, as we turn our attention to, we said that's are going to be shorthanded again uh, against the Philadelphia 76ers. When you look inside this, you know, you want to go another layer of silver lining here. Kevin Durant played 48 minutes. He was gassed by the end of this one. Also a, a minus five and a plus minus. So there's a chance that you again, I'm not saying trademark it, but there's there's concerns here, clearly. Uh, but you also have, that's a joke, 
people. Um, Patty Mills, 43 minutes as well, and had a big performance. So two of your big veterans, your superstar, and then your borderline superstar in a Brooklyn Nets uniform for Patty Mills, played max minutes, had big performances. It, it, you can call it a silver line that Cam Thomas only played 22 because now maybe no matter whether the shots are falling or not, you're going to put him out there for max minutes. But what what would you look for now? What do we look for in this second game where all these rookies are going to get minutes again? It's not about the win or loss. It's somewhat easy to look at this and say, could be a loss coming here. Prepare yourselves, Nets fans. But what can these rookie players show you that says, hey, there's still positive trends here. It's not about the win or the loss, because I, I could have come out of losing that game. would have been terrible if they lost to Toronto after the after how everyone played. But I could have looked at that and said, I still have all these positives that I can take away from it. Are, are there guys that you think are going to confirm some of the hype that we got from the Toronto game? Um, well, I mean, before I get to that, I would say one thing to probably look out for is the the sort of frenetic energy that the Nets had in this game. It would be pretty hard to duplicate that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we could see, like, you know, now that the dust has settled and everyone has kind of probably gotten off cloud nine with the win and, like, maybe didn't even have time to think about the fact that they were about to play 40 minutes. And I think that actually all kind of helped the Nets in this case yeah. um, against Toronto. Um, with a few days now to have thought about it, I, you know, so you see this all the time in sports is like, you know, you get these great things in spurts because there's so much adrenaline and like you don't you don't have time to process it. And then you get and everything looks amazing. And then you get you know, think about like NFL quarterbacks like this. Right. It's like this guy's our next guy. This is amazing. And then it's like, well, we gave him another week and everyone got to look at the film. And it's like, yeah, it just turns out there was a reason he was, you know, boxing stuff. at, at <laughs> like, Oh, you're um, Mike White for a reason. Now, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, it's like, oh, right. Like, there was a reason that no one was knocking down your door for a long time. Like, <laughs> this is this is just what this is just what happened. So I would say I think one thing I would look out for is um is it's to not or not even look out for it, to not expect that to happen. I would say that this matchup against Philly is much more difficult in the sense that they have obviously one singular talent that is going to be very difficult to deal with. Uh, no matter what the personnel is in terms of Embiid, I think you're going to see some perimeter defense, um, like from guys like Tybal, like that are going to really give some of the give some of these guys a problem. Uh, they can just score in a, l- a little bit better than they're just a better team than Toronto. I like that. I probably yeah. could probably just said it like that. And so, things I want to look for, I want to see if, they, if if Kessler Edwards is still able to just like maintain some floor spacing, get the ball on the deck, make secondary plays. Um, David Duke, like, you know, can he maintain is, is will this even be a good matchup for him? I'm not I'm totally gonna watch sure. him for foul troubles because I think that yeah. that's something that this matchup could present for him. Remember, picked up three fairly quickly in, in the game against Toronto, settled himself down. Smaller guards that you're dealing with there. This is gonna be a different type of matchup there, potentially, especially in switching scenarios. For sure. And so I think that um, I'm trying to temper my enthusiasm here because like, look, these guys, uh, the the way the COVID protocols work is this is going to kind of be the group for the foreseeable future here. Uh, they like there's a, an estimated five game absence, like a ten, it's an estimated 10 day absence for for the whole entire group that was out with COVID unless they can each re- they can register um to negative tests within 24 hours and it's very unlikely that's going to happen in the short term because this these weren't false these weren't false negatives like these guys just got covid like, yep. like this wasn't one guy like lebron a couple weeks ago where he gets he tests positive and he's like no way and then they you know they t- no one else in the team has it at all right and like like this they they all have covid let's just put it that way so um I think that this is going to be the group here for the foreseeable future what I would worry about is continuing to overtax Katie in situations like this because like 
there's a world where they fall down kind of early in this one, and it's, and it's just tough because it's a very tough matchup. And I think calling the ball early would be fine with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like after the after the other win, I don't want to just. Proje- I'm not pre- predicting a loss here, but I the continued. You know, you mentioned he looked banged up. To really continue to push him so hard for these games, like really don't mean anything. Like they need to. This is a, this is a tricky time here. So yeah. I think I think just watching watching the rookies see if they're able to duplicate some of the stuff, see if cam's able to just kind of like come back in with a little confidence. And also with the mindset that like, we really don't need to win them all. (laughs) Like there's a reason for that. Like you can't win them all and you don't need to win them all. They've won their fair share of games. They are going to win their fair share of games. This is a very tricky spot for them in terms of minutes right now. And they really, really need, they're on the razor's edge here. They need to be very careful. Oh, and I think, you know, you look at the schedule when they're going to get on Saturday, they'll have the Orlando Magic. So if you're thinking about using KD when you think it can be the most effective, maybe trying to save some minutes for that game where you feel like it's it's very winnable. Denver, Washington, and then Portland will lead you to Christmas Day. And that's kind of the timetable we're at as far as getting some of these other guys back. And then remember, they're not going to have played real basketball minutes. So it's, it's listen, a lot of teams have had to go through this, so it will be difficult. I'll, I'll throw the last little bonus thing of, I agree with everything we said about Dayron Sharp. I actually think that this is the perfect spot, though, to be like, "Hey, go bang against, you know, go bang against, um, against Joel Embiid. If you pick up six fouls in fourteen minutes, that's totally fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. But he actually does represent your your biggest body to to take that on, right? Nicholas Claxton's not going to want to take on that. Not going to be terribly successful taking on that challenge I should say and you're just going to have to live with the results so if you want to save minutes and try to spread these things out this is the opportunity to look at some of these this multitude of eight players that you have to choose from and say who are guys that maybe in a game that could get ugly early that we're just going to run you out you know we're going to Dayron you're going to run out some max minutes in this one and this is a part of your role this year saving somebody else some wear and tear saving maybe Blake Griffin some wear and tear so that he can give you something against Orlando the following game. It's going to be hard. All you can do is the the best that you can with what you have in front of you. And to your point, win or lose, I just want to see all these young players continue to be consistent. You can be down by 30 points. Keep running the sets. Keep working the passes. There was a great sequence when three rookies all touched the ball and worked it around the perimeter before it got to a Kevin Durant triple. That was the perfect scene that you wanted to see. So uh, positives, man. It doesn't matter. Over these next handful of games, I'm going to take every nook and cranny of positivity and dismiss anything when you only have eight guys to play with. Yeah, for sure. Like you went to the table, you ran really hot for a little while. It's fine. It's fine if you just kind of donk it off in like the next hour, but make sure you do not go back to the hotel room with nothing. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. you need to like, this is the, 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 make sure that it wasn't all for nothing. And so if it, if, you know, you won the game. It's great. This is going to be the situation here for the next couple of days. It's now time to take a measure of caution. Uh, I think before, and I, I think actually that actually should be the most important thing to look out for is their caution around not making sure we go absolutely nuts with this from now till miss, which is the timeline for these guys that come back. Get us out here on a high note, Doug. Things are buzzing for the locked oh, on Nets family. Oh, one, one more thing too. Just, so housekeeping note, the Nets did sign Langston to get the uh, yes. hardship exemption. So they, they brought him in um, on, I believe, just a 10-day. And it's going to be $100,000. 48 minutes for him against Philadelphia. Uh, he's going to he's gonna get like paid like 100 grand, and the Nets are going to have to pay like half a million dollars against the tax because that's just where they are financially. Like at $1, it's it's three to four times every dollar that they have to go in. So whatever. So Langston Galloway is another guy they're going to add to the uh, thing. 
you guys got to go over to YouTube. The YouTube numbers over the last three days have been our three best episodes, including yesterday's episode. The day before was our best episode. And then today's episode, excuse me, yesterday, well, you're almost screwed up because we're recording on Thursday <laughs> uh, or Wednesday, but whatever. We did our we did our three better best episodes better. in a row. Better and better. There we go. Each one got better. Each one got better. Picked up a ton of subscribers. Like, we're so grateful. Ton of comments. Like, I, I really say this honestly. It's we, Adam and I, check this constantly because we're just so happy that people are showing up and watching the videos and enjoying the content. And we really appreciate it. And if you're not over there, make sure you like and subscribe over onto the Lockdown Nets YouTube channel. The link will be in the show notes. Leave a comment too. Uh, we try to respond to everything that's in there also. Uh, so like and subscribe. Uh, put the link to Locked On Nets YouTube in the show notes. Sometimes you got to fly by the seat of your pants. And guess what, friends? If you have everything under control, you're not moving fast enough. Mario Andrete. Oh, one of the all-time great poets. Fast as lightning, that guy. We'll be back again tomorrow talking more Brooklyn Nets basketball. <laughs>